Hello and welcome to the FIFO Fam podcast. I'm Boyd. And I'm Kayla. And here we talk all things FIFO, family and taking life one week at a time. We're all about creating the best versions of ourselves physically, mentally and environmentally. While also learning and struggling through the everyday grind of a young family. So hop on, join the shit show and we, and we hope, hope you, you enjoy this episode. episode. Welcome back to the FIFO Fan Podcast. <laughs> it's bloody weirdo. How are you going? I'm alright. I had a bit of a shit week, if I'm honest. Um, again. Again. Oh, no, no, different, different shit. <laughs> no, you're not like shit, shit, but okay. Um, yeah, just a average week. Wasn't really feeling the whole FIFO life this week. Um, in general, everything else is fine, um, but just really didn't want to be that FIFO family this week. Didn't want to do it by myself. I didn't want to do it alone. Yeah. Um, Teddy got sick again. If you listen for the last few weeks, yes, we have been sick for about five weeks. It's lovely, it's as fantastic. you would expect. Um, so that was just really frustrating. But yeah. I think, um, you know, we've had a couple of really good days with Ted. He's actually been himself the last two days. He's still a little bit sick. Um, but just a single cold and not a million other things going on at once. And actually sleeping majority of the night and so that's nice yeah um it was a good end to the week if i'm honest the start of the week was pretty shit felt pretty dismal um but you know i got some cleaning done gosh everyone would think that the only thing that makes me happy is when i clean my house (laughs) but i i feel very unsettled when my house is just destroyed and yuck and I walk around and everything's a mess. So that's like today, like you were at work and I had the kids, and like you, even just like a few toys on the floor just makes it look messy. So yeah, I just had to, and like once you start, you can't stop. Like you clean up something, you put it in the box, and then when you put in something in the box, you look across the room and you notice that something else is dirty, and mm-hmm. you just go on a complete rampage. But it feels but, good at the end of yeah. the day when you're like, oh my gosh, yes, like I actually, it actually looks alright. Yeah, um, and like I, I always notice like. If you go through a big effort to like do a good clean of the house before I come home from work, like yeah. you definitely notice. And um, like that was the same. To, like I didn't obviously do the whole house, but at least our living area, I like sort of kept clean. Like even after the kids had run amok all day, you know, throwing toys everywhere and yeah. food and shit and whatever else. But yeah, it's I mean, easier. I like obviously before you get home, my Monday jobs are to be. Like, to literally finish off everything. All the towels get washed, all the bedding. Um, the house is vacuumed, mopped. Everything's put away. All the washing is away. Yeah. Um, and so then when you come home, we can start afresh. And, yeah, it builds and builds through your week home, which is why then I lose my mind when yep. you go back to work. But it does mean that we have a little kind of bit of a leeway to drop the ball a little bit yep. this week. Do you prefer to sort of... Do a, like a decent bit every day or do you just like to let let it go for a couple of days and then do one big clean every <laughs> No, so I like to do big cleans. Yeah. But no, it doesn't get let go. Like when you're away, not at all. Yeah. Um, but that is, I guess, probably because I do switch it off when you're home and prioritize not losing my mind if things aren't 100%. The- there's no one more grateful than like the tomorrow you like when you yeah. when you see all your kitchen dirty and everything, and you just go and tidy everything up before bed. Waking mm-hmm. up in the morning and having nothing to clean up. It's yeah, I hate boring. waking up in the morning and there just being shit everywhere. So it's usually my beer cans and oh, clothes and beer cans. Your and pizza crust. My pizza crust. But no, they go to Alfie. They they my what? That's a stupid coin. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was my week. It wasn't... Stupid cut one. I know. You bloody cut your crust off like you're five years old. I don't cut my crust off ever. Yeah. Well, you just don't have Um, uh, yeah, so how's your week been? 
It's been alright. Another week at work. Just yeah, nothing to talk about really. It just is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Got back into got back into a bit of reading. Same old, same old. You got thrown around at work a bit this week. Yeah, oh, yeah. A few um, few personnel shortages at work, so it was good for a bit of variety. But I enjoy going into work, sort of knowing half what I'm doing every day. But anyway, it was it was an alright week. It was yeah, got thrown around here and there, but that's sort of the things that you got to deal with when you're on like a a five roster or a mining roster is people. You know, unexpected things happen and people aren't going to come in and you've got to fill those spots. So lucky I'm trained for a few positions there, so I can um, fill in for them. So. Yeah, I guess probably what the main thing was, like, you are driven and, like, you... The main thing for being in that FIFO role or this mining role is to constantly progress forward. Mm-hmm. And from what I could tell this week... You got put back into past job roles, yeah, and that's a bit of a negative feeling when you just are driven. You're away from your family. All you want to be doing is striving for the next thing in front of that's you, yeah. and for an entire week you get put back. Yeah. It's a bit. Well, I guess in a way it's a bit degrading. To like, yeah, not it's... intentionally, and it's probably not how you should be taking it. It's because you have those element, like those job knowledge. So you can be thrown around. Yeah. But personally, when you get put back into something that you think, or you know that you're better than it does feel a bit degrading and a bit like you. Not so much be- better, not so much better than because you can offer so many, you can be doing the same job role, but you can offer a lot more experience. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it, it wasn't so much going backwards. It's just, I wasn't going, going forward. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. progressing any further yeah but and that yeah. sucks when you're away from your family and that's what you want to do you want to keep moving forward yeah um learning more and stuff like that that's yeah, so kind of was, what i take from it yeah so other than that it was a pretty decent week decent dinners wasn't mm-hmm. bad wasn't bad no beers didn't even think about it not one beer you didn't have one beer this week mm, i feel like you're fibbing no i didn't I feel like I checked the bank statements that said that you did go for beers. I feel like you don't know what's called what up there, so... <laughs> no, I didn't. Not one beer. No. Okay. Did you go for dinner? No, I didn't. Okay. No. There's definitely something on the bank statements. What do you care, mate? Oh, I'm just, I'm just checking. I feel like you're fibbing. Ran out of toothpaste and shaving cream, if that's what you're wondering. Oh, okay. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Definitely the same cost of two beers, but... No, I'm like that. That just is funny that it's about the same. I've got a psycho wife that spies on my bank account and looks at every transaction. <laughs> I actually just randomly came across it. Okay, just while you were making sure you had enough money to make your purchases. Hey, it's Father's Day. Got to make purchases, okay. no, otherwise, no one I'll, cares about Father's otherwise Day. Otherwise, I'll get um, beaten. <laughs> we're just trying to shoot each other down here. I don't care about Father's Day. Six pack of beer and a finger painting. That's all I need. Okay. So <laughs> you got me. Nah. Cotton. Nah. Oh, okay. You anyway. have to wait and see. Right. Yeah, Anyways, that was my, that was my week. No. Nah. So that was our week. Oh. No, that wasn't our week. No, it wasn't. No. Oh, we our to, car died. Yeah, a car, car got dead. Little beep beep Barina. Boy just made it to the airport, chugging along. Down through the city. Oh, it was fucked. <laughs> it was all right going down the freeway, and then the clutch decided to stick halfway through the city. So, pretty much pulling up at every every traffic light, I had to wait for the car in front of me to take off, and then give the clutch a good old boot, and I'd buck off like I was in a rodeo. Yeah, just made it, and then, um, I mean, for anyone that knows, most people not a lot of people in FIFO and stuff like this have like just a little cheap shitty car because, yep. well, for us personally, it gets driven. Once down to the airport, yeah, and back um, once a month, and then it sits in airport parking. Or and sits... if we're ever lucky to get a night away from the kids, it's usually our drive to the yeah. drive to the venue, drop it off there, leave it there overnight, and catch a taxi home. Yeah, so it doesn't really mean a lot to us, and it has sat out a lot. Yep. So then the cost to fix the clutch. Just wasn't worth it. Was not worth it. No, for something that just sits in the driveway and waits for an airport run every month, it's or every couple of weeks. So for future reference, you are gonna hear a lot about the shit driving that I now have to do 
before I go to work and after I go to work and all of that. So it's fun times having one car between us. It's going to prove very interesting. Yeah, well, just think of all the money you get to save and spend on your online shopping addiction. I don't have an online shopping addiction. That's <laughs> Jesus, shots thrown. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, it's... It's a breath of fresh air to be honest. It's a little bit of Good fresh fucking air. Good um, oh, To be done pe- with. It was a piece of shit. For reference, we made no money off of it either. Like, we sold it for... Scraps. Nothing. Um, because the messing around with it to get it back, fix it, all the rest of it, we would have then potentially only made what we then made with it, plus the screwing around. Yep. So... Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. Um, We'll give it a go, having one car and me doing all the trips um, with both the kids in the car and then multiple trips back up to whoop, whoop, back and forth and back to work. We'll be right. But, oh yeah, you'll be fine. I'll be fine. You get a chauffeur to drive you to the airport and back. I have to drive to the airport. Drive yeah, okay, back everyone here, knows how, how... And then tra- drive back to work, and then drive back to pick up the kids. Alright, what are we talking about? For a change, I might actually let you run the episodes and do all the talking. Oh, that's a change. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Sure. You want me to do this? Yeah, let's do it. The topic of the day is... <laughs> Alright, so we're going to get a little bit sensitive here. And we are going to talk about miscarriage. So this is something that we have personally experienced. Um, We also have a few people very close to us who have also experienced it, um, some before us, some after. Um, So it is something that's very close to us. Um, It's also something that I find very important to talk about because I find it easy to talk about. And I know so many other people don't find it easy to talk about. I find that a lot of people hold it close to themselves or um, don't necessarily know how to bring it up or it's too sensitive and it's too upsetting to talk about. It's one Um, of those things that if you do get out in the open and talk about, you realise that a lot of people are actually in the same boat and it becomes a lot less taboo and easier to talk about with people. Yeah, which is why I think it is so important to talk about it because it doesn't necessarily get me down talking about it I see the benefits of it being a topic and even if someone I'm talking to someone who hasn't gone through it maybe there is a day that they will go through it and then they will know whether it's that they know that they're not alone they know our story or whether they know that they can come and talk to us in the future I also think that something I did want to touch on today is the male side of miscarriage and you know your partner and their feelings or them feeling alone in this yeah. as well. So that is something that I want to talk about. Um, but I guess, you know, just a couple of, I guess, facts to start off with is that, you know, it is going around more and more the knowledge about miscarriage. But 10 to 15% of all pregnancies, not of babies, of all pregnancies, will end in a miscarriage. Mm. 10 to 15%. That is huge. Now, there are also on top of that people, women, that don't even know that they have a miscarriage and they just have a late late period or um, something like, you know, they just don't even track their period and then yep. it's just there. So if we have the knowledge of 10 to 15% and some people, and we have the knowledge that some people don't even know, yep. doesn't that just says that even more than that are miscarrying Mm. and that is a huge amount for it to not really be a subject we talk about a lot or if we do people get weirded out by it and don't want to like i've had so many people be like oh i'm so so sorry i'm sure you don't want to talk about it okay let's talk about something else and like kind of almost shut down the fact of it rather than just which you can understand because it is, it's a form of loss. Like it's like someone, I don't know, we've, we've had to deal with it, but like <laughs> some, someone passes away, like you don't want to go on talking about it, but it's 
I guess, yeah. I don't know. It's... Yeah, and I, I completely agree with that. I think the weird thing that I've come across with miscarriage is that people don't give you the option. A lot of the time people just go, oh, I'm so sorry, and then, like, you know, change yeah. the subject or um, walk away. And they don't want to even let you discuss mm. it um, because it is, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. I actually don't even know why. It's just something that people are weird about. And I think it's because like pregnancy is something that's so like highly celebrated mm. that, you know, you're coming from this massive high yeah. to one of the lowest lows you ever experience. Whereas, you know, a, a, a mature age death or something, yeah. you're just on a, you're on a standard level and then you drop to a low. Yeah. So I think it might just be that people are uncomfortable with, um, how to deal with that drop from such a yeah, euphoric right. feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess on that, yeah, um, most most will happen in the first 12 weeks, so the first trimester, and then 1% to 5% will happen in the second trimester. And then after that, it's no longer classed as a miscarriage, and it, then it's more classed as a stillborn um, yep. And those other terms, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not up with all of the terms. But um, yeah, so most happen in the first 12 weeks and then um, a much smaller percent will happen in the second trimester and then it actually becomes a stillborn. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the percent, 10 to 15%, is actually one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage. So that's, you know. Well, isn't that 25%? Well, no, because it wouldn't... Well, one, just... one in four is 25%. These get are facts your, that your... I got off of Google. Your... <laughs> no, we all know it's one in four. Yeah. We yeah all, it's, it's, it's the number, common knowledge. It's the number it's... that you hear all the time. Yeah, even... Yeah. I've, I've heard that many times. Common knowledge that it's one in four pregnancies will end in miscarriage. So, you know, you're sitting around the table of four people. Whether... What? <laughs> I had to think about that for a bit. No, I was thinking like... Then in theory, that technically yeah. those four people might never have a miscarriage, but a person across Just, yeah. the room might have four miscarriages. Yeah. Um, so it's it's more complicated than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, gotcha. But it's, yeah, it's one in four pregnancies. That's crazy, crazy to think that that's how many people are yeah. miscarrying. And for us to still be taboo about this whole miscarriage thing, that's just insane. Yeah. Um, and then I guess that one that is obviously closer to us and you'll hear more about is, um, the terminology, terminology, missed miscarriage. Um, it's also called a missed pregnancy or a missed abortion. Yeah. Um, I hate the term missed abortion. Um, I it was said to me by a doctor that I didn't know very well and like, I, I really didn't like it. Addressed to me any, in the time. Any reason? Or any... I guess it just felt negative. Like I was already in a negative position and it felt like it was even further. Is it because you associate um, the word abortion with a choice? And it, I it guess, was like yeah. it was, yeah. you know, he, he was making it sound like it was your choice? Yes, I guess, I guess that's very much. I'm not against abortion at all. I'm actually quite pro abortion. I think women have rights. And I think there's many reasons for that. But I guess being told that when it wasn't my choice and it wasn't something that I elected for, it was something that was happening to me, it felt I was going through a negative thing and then I was being told I was even further negative. Like Like you had had some sort of fault in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I prefer the word missed pregnancy or missed miscarriage. Um, And that actually, from what I have come across is only happens to one in one to 5% of um, them is missed. And then obviously you have to generally act on that or there is a further, you cannot act on that um, and not do anything surgical or take anything for it. Um, But it will last weeks and weeks um, until your body finally registers. So for the people that don't know, can you explain what a mis- miscarriage is? Or? So a missed miscarriage is where you become pregnant yep. um, and then somewhere you, your baby 
either doesn't form correctly or dies, but your body keeps continuing the pregnancy. So um, in technical terms, the placenta is still releasing hormones. Yeah. Um, so when you present with blood tests and all of those side of things, everything is perfect. Everything is still presenting in a way of being pregnant. And then most of the time, the only way you can actually, if you are having a missed miscarriage, you don't have any other signs. You don't have any blood loss, anything else. You're still, you know, your hormones are still carrying on as if you were pregnant. And then a scan is generally um, not 100%. I'm not a doctor again, um, but that's how we found out, a scan. And then you have to do blood tests. And if your bloods are, if your hormones are still not lowering, then generally you have to take a pill. Or you can go in for a DNC, um, which is basically an elective. Uh, it, that is basically an abortion, but you are. It's a DNC, which is a complete clean out because yeah. the baby is no longer viable. Yeah. Um, but your body is also not registering that the baby is not there or yeah. is not viable. It yeah. has passed. Um, and from my knowledge, you can actually continue pregnancy. Um, for like 18 to 20 weeks Shit. Um, without your body registering that that baby's not growing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it can go on for a really long time, but we will get into our terms of that and what happened to us further. But that's just a couple of facts. You know, one in four, it's huge. Yeah. Um, if you know someone and they, you know, don't shut them down. Just maybe ask them, do you want to talk about this? And maybe they say no. And then maybe it comes up again and you say, do you want to talk about this? Yeah. Because maybe they never will. But being asked and offered to have that discussion openly can be so um, just, it can really wipe the slate and just embracing the fact that yes, this happened and it's not a negative thing and it's okay to talk about it and it's yeah. okay to feel okay about it. It's okay um, to not okay feel okay about it. Yeah, um, and it's okay not to talk about it, but it's not okay to not give people options to talk about it. It's not okay to shut people down just because it's a taboo subject or it makes other people mm. feel uncomfortable. If it, you know, I don't know. Maybe if it, if it affected you and you've got your own reasons that you don't want to talk about it, then just say that. Yeah. But don't just say, "Oh, I'm so sorry," and end the conversation yeah. or turn your back because. It's shit. It's not. Yeah. It's not okay. And especially, you know, from my knowledge of watching you, Boyd, go through it and watching, you know, I guess males interact very differently, but not really talk about it. Just be like, oh, I'm so sorry and never, ever discuss. Mm. How are you going? You lost a baby. Like, yeah. how do you feel about that? How are you, you know? Yeah. Um. It's not discussed in the males. It's just like, oh, your wife lost a baby. Yeah. Or, you know, like, and mm. I think that's a really negative spin to put on it. And, you know, it's already a pretty bad thing to go through. Yeah, exactly. So, um, okay. So I guess we want to get into our story. Um, I will just say that, like I've said before, I am very okay with talking about miscarriage. So if I make jokes or anything through this conversation that is my personal way to deal with grief or deal with anything that's how i deal with it yep. i'm not making light of miscarriage i it's not a nice thing but that is how i deal with trauma how i deal with everything is through humor and through i guess being okay to talk about things yep. um so if you're not okay with that and you're going through something really hard Maybe now is not the time to listen to me talk about it because I am I am humorous. I am what's your own opinion? Lighthearted. I guess lighthearted yeah. is a better term yeah. to put it. And I'm pretty blunt. I don't really bullshit um, a lot. So yeah, if you're going through something that maybe choose another time. Maybe choose another time to listen yeah. to this because I am a bit blunt and a bit cold in times. So alrighty, here we go. Okay, so I guess. Uh, Boyd and I got married in 2016. Yep. Um, 
And I was 21. Boyd was 21? Were you 21 when we got married? 22. 22. Yeah, you were 22 when we got married. Um, And I guess initially we weren't really going to try straight away. We were going to hold off a little bit. And then we kind of, it was a month until our honeymoon. So we waited and then we went on a honeymoon and we just went, why the hell not? Like, let's just just do it. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we went off the pill. um, But I guess that's another element for us that really effed with my body. Um, I was on the pill since I was 15 and they really just do not tell you the complications and the um, difficulties of what that will do to your body. Um, So it took me, after going off the pill, I think it was eight months to get a period um, in which I had everyone close to me being like, oh my God, what is going on? Mm. Like, you need to go see doctors. And I'm just trying to like get my body back on track. I'm just going, okay, well, I've been on the pill, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, then maybe it, it was six months. Sorry, it was six months. It took me six months to get a period. Then it took me another four months to get a second period. And everyone is going, oh my God, what's going on with your yeah. body? And I'm going, yes, what's going on with my body? But like, calm down, everyone. Like, just. If- so you used, you used to take. You, yeah, you didn't used to follow the thing on the packet properly. I, no, don't, no, I had spoken to my doctors. I knew that okay. what I was doing was fine. Um, we'll see that. That's just, that's just my view of it. Like, I, yeah. I just see this as like a, not a medicine, but it's He's a, talking about skipping, skipping periods. On, your, on the pill. From what yeah. I was aware of and what I've discussed with doctors prior, um, they recommend a minimum of four periods a year. So you can skip. Yeah others um but then even towards the end i wasn't skipping ever i was just letting them be but i guess that is something that being on the pill you have a bit of leeway with but they don't really tell you if that has implementations Mm. in the future um but i get i was putting something in my body i was putting a drug in my body that altered my hormones for six years six and a half years straight never changed it i did change different pills but I stayed on that same sort of drug. Um, So then we're, you know, off the pill for nearly a year and I've only had two periods. Um, And then it did start to kind of regulate regulate after that. And then, you know, obviously, you know, we're technically trying at this point um, and nothing's happening Clearly, I'm not even having regular periods, so that's no surprise there. Um, And then the year, over a year, Mark hits and I've got people going, oh, you know, are you going to go see someone? Are you going to get checked out? Is Boyd going to get checked out? Mm. And I'm like, all right, everyone just calm calm down. Like, just chill out a bit. Um, Like, yes, this is something that I was contemplating, but everyone jumping down my throat freaked the shit out of me. Like we were. Yeah. Well, there was something wrong. Like with there was, was something seriously wrong. And the, and then you get all the thoughts of I'm never going to be able to have a baby. Yeah. What's wrong with me? What's wrong? If, is it Boyd? Is it me? Are we not compatible together? Like, mm. you know, yeah. and all those things when people are saying, oh, who's going to get checked out? What's going to happen? Anyways, so it goes on. And then I think it was about a year and a half and we fell pregnant. Yeah. And I was so glad. I was like, thank God I didn't rush into anything. I just let my body kind of do it. Um, and then we weren't, like, we didn't jump into telling people, but we were at a point where we had told a few people. Um, someone had accidentally let slip. I had already told my boss, which I'm... Even miscarrying, I'm so glad that I did. Yeah. Um, but then someone at work accidentally let slip and my entire work knew. Um, my family had known, we had told everyone, it was a first pregnancy, so my doctor had done all blood tests, but it wasn't a thing to have an early scan because I was young, yeah. I was fit and healthy, bloods came back perfect, no need to have an early scan. Yeah. It's your first pregnancy, like just 
write it out until you have your 12 week scan. So even then I didn't rush into it. I think I was, I was 12 and a half weeks. Um, and I remember I worked all day and you finished, you finished early or anyways, you came, you came and picked me up from work. Um, and I hadn't drunk enough water because I'd been working and closing up my shop. Yeah. And, um, so I'm in the car and I'm sculling two liters of water um, because I only had half an hour and you're supposed to do it two hours. Yeah. So I sculled two liters of water and we go in for the scan and, you know, they're this young couple told nothing to worry about. Bloods are perfect. And um, I lay down and I'm like, shit, my blood is full. <laughs> like I, am, I definitely didn't drink enough water. And... Um, he, you know, they, they put the gel on, Boyd's sitting next to me, and then they put the little device on your belly, and it's freezing cold. And they're rubbing it around and spreading it out, and it's like, fuck, it's cold, but oh my God, I'm about to see my baby. Like, this is so exciting. Yeah. Um, and then you can kind of start to see stuff, and... You get an idea of where they're looking because you can see that they're prioritizing a certain part. And if you've never had a baby, you've never had a miscarriage prior or an ultrasound specifically on your ovaries, you don't really know, but you get an idea of where they're looking. And then you've seen prior, my sister's had kids, you've seen prior scans and you go, okay, this is where they're looking. And then I remember my eyes like studying it. Um, and so you've got the sack and he's found the sack and you know, the sack looks decent size. I don't know what it's supposed to look like at that point, but I'm like, sure, good. But where's the baby? And you're looking, you're looking and he takes a big breath and he goes, okay, hang on. I'm just going to take it off and try again. And he puts it back on. And at that point, we go to panic stations. and Yeah. Hearts are racing. And boy, I remember Boyd grabbing my hand at this point. Um, and him, he literally just didn't make eye contact. and But he was just like, I'm, I'm really sorry. Um, but there's, there's no longer a baby. There's, there's no baby here. And... Then he didn't even say anything else. He said, your bladder is really full. I'm going to let you go to the toilet. I'm going to get a second opinion and I'm going to meet you back here in five minutes. Yeah. And that's how full my bladder was. (laughs) So at this point, Boyd's silently crying. I'm... I don't even remember. I think tears were just running down my face, but nothing was actually like, I wasn't like sobbing. It was just involuntary crying at this point. Um, And I remember going to the toilet and then holding the door handle to come out for like an extra 30 seconds. Yeah. Might've been longer and taking a big breath and coming out. And the den, you know, the scan, he came back in. He was like, um, I'm really sorry. You need to, you know, go and see your doctor straight away. I'm not legally allowed to tell you. Um, but from what I can see, there is no longer a baby here. There is no heartbeat. There is no longer a viable life. life. Um, and that was it. It was, they're not legally allowed to tell you anything else because they're not a doctor and they're not, you know, um, so then we literally, they said they are very good. They said, I've informed the front desk. You do not need to see anyone. You walk straight out here and go get in your car. And you know, everyone looks, no one looks at you. Everyone looks away and you walk straight out that building and it's, it's good. Because you don't want to look at anyone no. at this point. And definitely don't want to speak to anyone. No. Um, and then, I guess... We both it, sat in the car and we just both, yeah, we 
well, that's when you broke down. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't silent anymore. You just let it go. And it was that, yeah, that was one of our lowest points for sure. Oh, at this point we had, we actually had, we had just rescued another dog and she was in the car. Um, and I had to calm her in the car and then, yeah, it was, there was so much going on. We actually, the same day this happened, um, at the, at the time we were living in Boyd's parents' house and they had come home and we hadn't seen them. They'd been gone for 12 months and we had to go home and see them. And for the first time. Yeah. At that point, um, we just wanted to be by ourselves and um, yeah. deal, deal with what had happened that day. And So we got in the car and we drove to my mum's house because she knew where we were and we were going to go and see her and take the scan. And um, there was talks of me moving back in with mum. So there was, you know, talks of that yeah. prior. Um, and Boyd walked in first and he, the first thing he said is, there's no baby. And my mum just went, wait, what? There's no baby. And Boyd, that's all Boyd could say at that point. He didn't even, from what I could tell, you didn't know how to actually articulate any other sentence yeah. apart from, there's, there's no, no baby. Yeah. We're not having a baby. Yeah. Um, and... Then my mum's next sentence was, not again, because only six months prior, my sister had had a miscarriage. Yeah. Um, so I should say, yeah, now we went for our scan at 12 and a half weeks. So we were not early. We were, no. we were supposed to be in the clear. Um, so 12 and a half weeks and then... I remember just walking around mum's house going, oh, I need to go to work tomorrow. My car is still at work. Mm. And mum literally having to stop me and go, Kayla, you, you can't go to work. You need to call your doctor. You need to go to the doctor. Yeah. Um, and she, she looked at me and said, you know, have you called, you haven't called your doctor yet. And I said, no, they told me to, um, but I haven't done it yet. And she went, I, you know, if you're happy, I'll call your doctor. Yep. So she called the doctor and had this discussion with the receptionist. And my doctor at the time was very hard to get into. Not easy at all. Um, and I remember the receptionist being like, you can't get an appointment tomorrow? What? And mum, luckily, I'm so glad it was mum and not me. Because I probably would have been like, okay, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, she talked him through it and said, you know, this needs to happen. And I called my boss and I remember my boss doesn't really love phone call interactions and he didn't answer the first phone call. Yeah. Um, and then the second time he messaged and was like, what's up? And I rang again and I remember him just being like, he, he didn't really know what to do or say, Yeah. but in, because of that, I am so glad that he knew prior he knew, knew that, you were that I was pregnant. Yeah. Um, he knew how far along I was. And he knew that day that I was going for a scan. Um, so, you know, because of that, I'm just, I'm so glad. As much as it's hard to face people and tell them that you're currently having a miscarriage, I then had to go into work the next day, get my car. Someone else who didn't technically work out the front of where I worked was doing my job. Yeah. So I went in and talked her through a few things. Like she's a very good friend of mine, so that's fine. Um, but because I could, they already knew it was easy to just walk into that room yeah. and not have to explain to them why yeah. I wasn't there or why I looked like shit. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, that night after leaving, um, mom's, my mum's, we drove back up to where we were living, which was Boyd's parents' house, and we didn't really say a lot. No. We kind of just welcomed them home. Yep. Um, they didn't really ask about the miscarriage. No, I think 
yeah, like you were saying before, it's don't know why it's just a difficult conversation to have, and mm. maybe that was their way of you know trying to lift the mood a bit, not talking about it, but um, yeah, because we we got back, we you could obviously have a drink now, so no, we yeah. oh yeah, you pulled yeah. me, we bought takeaway home. Yep. He poured me a wine, and then I ended up just walking out and going to bed. Yep. I wasn't far behind you. And actually, the next day, we had um, booked to go over to KY. No, no, the next no? day, we went to the doctors. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's when we found out the technical side of what was going on. Um, so got into the doctors, um, and she talked us through what had happened or what was happening. Yep. Um, so basically... Um, Yes, technically we were 12 and a half weeks pregnant. Um, our sack had stopped growing at eight weeks. Yep. Um, and there was no baby present. So the baby either somewhere very, very early um, either never formed or formed but died very, very early and and your body just evaporated, and or, your body just keeps going through the phase of pregnancy. Well, then yes, my and body your hormone levels still go on the same track, and yeah, yeah, my hormone levels were still in the upwards direction. So then um, we talked into the what we had to do next. Um, so I had to do three blood tests over a time frame of about five to seven days, yeah. um, and then I kind of had to make a decision. Not necessarily there, but I had already made a decision whether I take a pill. Um, you take a pill and you it brings on a miscarriage, but you have a high chance of hemorrhage. Yeah. And so you have to be in hospital when you take your pill anyway and stay for that to, um, I guess, release. Yeah. Um, or you can go in for a DNC. Um, and so even then and there, I elected to have a DNC if my hormones hadn't dropped enough. To, that my body was going to uh, miscarry yep. anytime soon. So after a f- multiple blood tests, we were told that my hormone levels were not dropping. Um, they had only just started to slightly drop, in which case I was told that I was 13 weeks and I would potentially be still carrying 18 to 20 weeks. And that wasn't yep. that you know that wasn't a thing for me at that point. I knew where I was at and this is a horrible feeling, but I've said it to someone who recently, who I know has miscarried. It is okay to want that to be over, to wish that away. You're not, it it is over already. Your body has just not chosen. It's it's not just, it's not just going to magically appear out of thin air. Yeah. And I remember just constantly going, this needs to be over. This needs to be out of me because there's no baby in there. There's nothing even in there. Um, I just want to start fresh. Um, so, yeah, that was um, blood test there. And then we were, like Boyd said, we were booked to go to the island. Yeah. And um, we were actually booked to go and tell my dad and my brother that we were going to have a baby. Um, so we decided to still go. We left at 4 a.m. We took our two dogs. Yeah. Um, Got on, got on the boat. We hadn't really seen your parents at this point because um, we'd spent the day at the doctor's and then left the next day. Yeah. Um, got on the boat, went and, yeah, well, the first, when I said to Dad, I was like, oh, you know, um, I just want to get this out. Uh, we were here to tell you that we were going to have a baby, but um, I am actually currently miscarrying. And he gave me, you know, a hug. This is hard to talk about now. Um, but he gave me a hug that, like, I'll never forget because he's not a big... Softy. He's not a big softy, but you could see that it hurt him that I was going through that. Um, so I talked him through and, you know, told him what we were having to do and the blood tests. And then, you know, the the chances were high that I was going to have to have... Um, you know, surgery. Um, and then we had that moment and then he went, right, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Like, I've got farm work. Do you want to do farm work? And we spent two days pushing tires from one end of the property to the other 
um, moving them. And then we watched calves being born and then fencing. That, fencing and then that night um, we saw my brother and um, sister-in-law and told them and they opened up, you know, about things that they've gone through in the past as well. And it was nice. We sat down with, you know, a drink of wine and, and all discussed, you know, not heaps heavily, but, you know, related on so many yep. things. And then we sat there and just did farm shit for a day of two days. Um, and then, yeah, and, and just kind of accepted it. It was nice. Obviously, that's where I grew up. Yeah. And I was just in my home and moving on. We were starting to move on. There was still something holding us back. Like, obviously, I was still pregnant, technically. Yep. Um, but our brains had started to begin to move on. And um, so then even more so, my body was... I was just saying, I want this out. Yep. I want this done. I want this to be over We've with. started yep. to move on from here. Um, and that's a really... It's a nice feeling. It is a nice feeling to, and especially to do it so quickly to be like, okay, accept this. Like I'm accepting this. Um, and then everything kind of went really dark. Yeah. Um, unfortunately we came home, like I said, to where we were living and where we had been living for a year and a half. And we were kind of met with, we need to have a discussion here and now. We hadn't even actually walked into the house. Yeah. We hadn't unpacked anything. We had literally, I don't think I had even actually got out of the car. I was walking over. I'd like just closed my door and we were met with, we need to talk. Um, and then we were told some very, very negative things about Boyd and myself. Um, in a way that was would have hurt any day of the week, but even more so going through in, in that through. week. Yeah. Um. So certain things were said to me, and it doesn't necessarily need to be repeated. But then, in an end of discussion, you know, we were basically told that our problems were not worthy of being problems, and that we had been very detrimental to the house, but the, to them and the house, um, even though we had moved in so that they could travel, um, moved in, we'd broken lease um, to go live in their house so that they could travel. Um, and yes, it was supposed to also benefit us by a saving mechanism. However, unfortunately, um, the house itself um, lost power every second day. We lost food and groceries like almost weekly. Yeah, it was. It's um, it's a completely it was a completely independent house. So for those that don't know, completely off grid. So we run off our own rainwater and solar electricity. And during the winter m- months, sometimes that's not enough. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was. It's an old system as well, so it kept failing us. And yeah. You couldn't working. vacuum if you vacuumed. You would have no energy for the entire rest of the day. Yeah. So it was it was a pretty stressful time. Like even even just living there. Like I grew up there. I sort of knew how things worked, but it, it was a it was a system that was old. It was weathering, and mm-hmm. that I was working drive in drive out work. Then yeah. I was on a two in one roster, and Kayla didn't know how to operate the systems when I was. I there. was working so twelve hour days. You're working twelve hour days. And yeah, sometimes I'd have to get up, get up in like five in the morning before I go to work, fire up a generator just so we could run the fridge and. But then, if there wasn't enough light, daylight at five yeah. a.m. like in winter, you couldn't do that. And then I'd get up and go to work, um, and we'd both come home in darkness. And when you're doing that with solar, it like with not enough solar, um, yeah, it, it like the house basically required someone to be home through daylight hours. And unfortunately, well, not 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 so much, no. But yeah, anyway, it required someone home a lot. It no. did. There's a lot that goes into living in a property like that, and unfortunately, the hours that we were working, we couldn't put into to the property. Yeah. Um, we had also been quite open about that. 
Yeah. Um, and so we were, we were told multiple things of that we didn't do good enough, that we had, um, you know, not held our own. And then we'd run off to Kangaroo Island the day they got home and left them with a mess basically is what we were told. And then when I followed up with, I'm currently having a miscarriage. Um, I, Boyd was instructed to deal with me. Um, and that is something that has stayed with me for a very, very long time. I cannot move past it um, because I am <laughs> a very <laughs> strong-willed feminist. I'm not uh, – sorry, no, I'm not a strong-willed feminist. I, I, I just, I'm a strong-willed person, and I do believe in feminism. Um, and being in front of me, my husband being told to deal with me because – I was instructing someone that I'm currently going through a miscarriage and this is not appropriate. Yeah. And it was hard in my situation as well because I was not going through the physical side of it, but I was going through the emotional side of it as well. And it was like saying that as well, it was like, you're the only one that's feeling like that. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. So, um, there was multiple other things said and it was, um, very, very hurtful conversation, very heated conversation. Um, so then and there, Boyd and I actually packed up our dogs, packed up as much as we could into our two cars and got in the car without a word. We didn't, like, we both got into separate cars and without a word, we didn't know where we were going. We, we just drove. We just drove. We left. Alrighty, we'll cut part one of this episode here. Uh, It's a lot to take in and uh, otherwise it'll probably end up being a two-hour episode. So um, yeah, we hope this hasn't triggered anything. If it has, uh, you can hit us up in our inbox at just 54fam on Instagram or there's a lot of professional organisations out there um, that you can talk to. So hope you enjoyed part one of this chat and tune in next week for part two. Cheers.